Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, September the 26th. And welcome to our commentary. We're going to talk a little bit today about a post that I have over at the American Thinker uh, on Tuesday morning regarding the 2024 campaign. But before we get there, before we get there, I just wanted to comment on President Biden uh, went to the, to, to, I guess, to, to march or to sit or stand by with some uh, auto workers on strike in Michigan. I don't have a problem with the president doing that. Uh, you know, I understand the Democrats have a connection to the labor unions, and that's fine if he wants to go there and show his support. I do have a problem, though, with some of the comments that the president has made regarding the companies, you know, sort of saying the companies are making plenty of profits, therefore they should be able to pay more. It's not, that's not even the problem, Mr. President. The problem is that uh, these workers, the reason they're falling behind uh, is because of the inflation that we have in our society. That's why they're falling behind and they cannot keep up with inflation. Also, some of these manufacturing companies, automobile manufacturing companies, are not exactly selling a lot of electric cars. You know, they've basically been encouraged to sell electric cars. Electric cars are not moving and they're not moving. Just talk to any dealer. They're not moving because they're too expensive. And frankly, the idea of a battery that can only go 200 miles on one charge, that may work real well if you live in New York where you may drive, you know, 50 miles a week getting here and getting there. But when you live in many parts of the country where you drive 20 or 30 miles to go to work one way and then back, you got to be charging your car a lot. Also, here in Texas in particular, if you go from here to Austin at 200 miles, from Dallas to Austin, if you go to from Dallas to Houston, uh, it could be as many as 300 miles, depending on where in Houston you're going. The same with San Antonio. I mean, if you go to El Paso from Dallas, it's 600 miles. Normally, people don't drive that one, but some people do. So these electric cars are just not very practical for people who have to use them a lot. And that's why it's a heck of a lot easier to buy a car that you can just stop at a gas station and pump it with gas because you can go in and get out in 10 minutes. You don't have to take time charging it. So, uh, you know, the, the auto industry has problems. And I certainly don't know all the details. And I like to see the auto workers get the very best deal that they can. I, I'm a believer. I support workers uh, and I support private sector unions. I think they're good for the workers and they're good for the companies. And I, I like to see both sides resolve this thing for the betterment of both. But I don't think it's a good idea for the president of the United States to be engaging in the kind of demagoguery where he's attacking these companies for making huge profits and and not sharing those profits with the workers, well, that that is that's not helpful. That is not a helpful comment, and it suggests to me that we have a president here who's trying to use the strike politically, and uh, and that's just not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. So, yes, I want the auto workers to get the best deal they can get. That's great. I'm all for that. I hope they make a lot of money. But I also think that you got to think about the companies because they both need each other. And the way the president of the United States is talking, you would think that the companies are just doing super, super well and they're exploiting the workers. Well, that's not true. 
That is not the case at all. In fact, I repeat, it is the Biden economic policy that is actually hurting the auto workers, the inflation. I mean, when you hear people, when you hear some of these auto workers talk, what, what are they complaining about? They're complaining about high prices. That's what they complain about. They don't have enough money to buy food. That's what they're complaining about, that prices are high and they're not making enough money. Well, that's called inflation. That's called inflation. And who's responsible for that inflation? Well, Biden economics. That's who brought them the inflation that they have. Well, I have a post over at the American Thinker today talking about it's sort of like a state of the race and where we are, because some polling data came out, a Washington Post, ABC uh, poll that came out showing President Trump ahead by 10 points. And then there's a, another poll that came out, NBC, I believe, that had the race 46-46. So, you know, you look at this race, and that's the whole point of my my article at the American Thinker. I think there's two things in play here. There's two things that are going on. Maybe three. Maybe three. I'll mention all three. The first one is that the Democrats have thrown everything they have at President Trump over the last year, from you know going into his home, indictments. One thing after another, one thing after another. And yet today, if the election were to, held, to be held today, based on this, on these polls that are coming out, you know, Trump would win one easily and it'd be in a close election in the other one. And by the way, if you look at the average of the polls lately, and to me, the best organization that does that is Real Clear Politics. Uh, they put them all together and you can see the trend. And the trend is favoring President Trump right now. Clearly, the polls are sort of moving in his direction. Uh, maybe not 10 points, but they're moving in his direction uh, regarding this match with Biden if there was to be one. I, I'm not convinced there's going to be a rematch in 2024 because I keep saying that Joe Biden is not going to be the candidate, but that's for another, for another commentary. But I think what's happening is that they've thrown everything they had or they have at President Trump, and it's not hurting him politically. He's standing just as strong as ever. Two big reasons for that. Number one, the economy. The economy is really hurting the middle class. I just don't know how else to say it. If you're a middle class worker, you're getting hurt very badly by this economy, by the price of gasoline, by the price of everything. Everything is up, and that's hurting the middle class. That's the problem. The middle class, which is the largest group of people in the United States, we hope it stays that way, but they're the ones who are suffering the most. Obviously, the rich are not suffering. I mean, they can pay $10 a gas. That's not, not a problem. And frankly, the people on the, on the other side, they get a lot of subsidies. So it's the middle class that uh, has to deal with a lot of this inflation. And they're being killed by the inflation, whether it's high prices when they go shopping, food prices, uh, gasoline. They're, they're getting killed by this, uh, by this inflation. I also think uh, the situation on the border is really hurting the image of President Biden. How can you not look at that border and come to the conclusion that you have total, complete chaos on the on the American or the Mexico-U.S. border? I mean, that's just chaotic situation down there that should not be allowed. And for the president of the United States to stay silent during all of this, it's, it's completely, completely unforgivable. So I think those are the reasons why the 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 impact the political impact of these indictments these attacks on trump 
they're simply not moving the needle. The, move, the needle is still there as it was before. And that, I think, is a testament to how weak President Biden is. And it's also a testament to, I think, a lot of Americans who are getting frustrated with a Democrat party that just seems to be interested in indicting people rather than, than presenting ideas. Speaking of the Democrat party, I have a post coming out about this on Wednesday morning. All of you remember um, James Carville. He was an advisor to President Clinton in 1992. It was uh, Mr. Carville who came up with that famous line, it's the economy stupid, meaning don't talk about anything other than the economy. Well, he was on the Bill Maher show this week, and he was talking a little bit, uh, venting some frustration with the crazy left, saying that the crazy left is causing, costing the Democrat Party a lot of votes. And he's exactly right about that. And he made a bunch of references on, 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 the, on the interview uh, to people on the coast to pretend they know everything, uh, to these people who are telling you how to live and, you know, what you do and, and how to do. And they're just turning off a lot of Americans who don't want to have some 18-year-old at a college uh, tell them what to do about this or this or this or that. So it, it's an interesting sign that there's frustration on the Democrat side with these left-wing elements. Now, how much they're going to be able to shut down these left-wing elements. I don't know. But these left-wing elements, I think, have become way too powerful in the Democrat Party. And what Mr. Carville was saying is they represent a very small group of people. Yet, for whatever reason, they seem to be speaking and dominating the Democrat Party of today. So check out my post. It'll be uh, available on, on Wednesday morning. Well, one quick historical note here as we leave you. It was on this day in 1960, that would make it 63 years ago today, that Senator John Kennedy and Vice President Richard Nixon had their first televised debate. debate. They had three or four of them. It was the first time that uh, candidates for the presidency had debated on TV. Of course, TV was a fairly new, not new, but uh, still not, uh, not like it is today where everything is on TV. And they debated the issues. And if you go back, and you watch those debates, I've seen them many times, for just general interest, as well as when I was in college, we, we had to do a paper on these debates. When you go back and you watch them, it is amazing how serious our politics was back in 1960. Not only the politics, but the reporters. It just seems like we had a level of dignity about our politics back then that we don't have now. And I think especially for a lot of the young people, it would be a good idea to go back and watch those two men debate and, and see the issues they were talking about uh, and, and just get a feel for how much more, much more classy our politics was uh, 63 years ago. So I would go back uh, and check those out. Uh, you can get them on YouTube or I suppose the libraries uh, will have videos of them. They had four debates, three or four, three or four debates in 1960. And there was an interesting conclusion that somebody do. Somebody studied uh, the voters and the people who apparently watched the debate thought that Nixon, that Kennedy had won the debates. But the people who were listening to the debates, and many Americans were listening back then on the radio, those people thought Nixon had won the debate. So interesting, interesting 
The people who saw the debate on television thought that Kennedy had won. The people who heard the, the debate on the radio thought that Nixon had won. Interesting, interesting conclusion that uh, they came up with many, many years ago. So the Kennedy-Nixon debate on this day, 63 years ago today, a real classic that I would recommend uh, that you check out. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Go Rangers, and we will talk to, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.